0: Well, everybody, it is, uh, it is time. It is time. Don't worry. The day is only beginning, so you can just continue on and, and get to know each other and chat a little bit later. Uh, but for the time being, we are going to uh, spend some time this morning Open up, up Bibles. There's Bibles in front of you if you want them. I'm also just going to put a couple verses on the screen. You can follow along. Um, but I am so uh, happy to be here with you this morning. If you're if you're new here, maybe you're visiting family, welcome, so glad to have you here. Um, if you're online, we, uh, wherever you're at, hope that you're doing well and celebrating uh, the Lord this morning. Uh, welcome. Okay, well, we're celebrating Christmas this morning, and if that's news to you, you've probably, I don't know, you probably need to seek medical help. It is, it is, it is happening this morning. Christmas Eve is happening, and um, man, you, you probably knew about it or, or, your, or your relatives really tricked you really well. They didn't tell you that it was Christmas. Um, but man, it's It's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. In fact, it's such a big deal that I want to pray before I start talking about it, before I forget and jump into it. So would you guys just join me in prayer for a minute as we, uh, yeah, okay. The reason I want to pray is because, like, if Jesus is real, if, which I think he is, if he's a person, a God in the flesh, then we, like, can talk to him we could talk to him, you know, and he's like here in present, so we can just seek him right now. So I want to do that on uh, just together, seek him. Lord Jesus, um, you were born into the world, Lord, um, so that we could see you and know you, have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, I just ask you right now, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Lord, that you would just, um, you just reveal yourself yet again. But as we open up your word, you would just make yourself so clear, Lord, how good and how great you are, how kind you are, how gracious you are, Lord. Lord, You're a gift. You're, you're a gift to us this Christmas season, Lord. Um, not one to be, to be cast off or to just, to just move past, Lord. It's, it's an amazing gift to know you, Jesus. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, I pray you'd be welcome to this place, Lord. I pray you'd reveal who you are, that you'd speak to us this morning, um, That you'd show us how how good and kind you are. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, it is Christmas, and I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we do this every single year. Every single year. There's not a year that goes by that the church doesn't gather together and celebrate Christmas. It's a big deal. And what we do is we gather together and we are reflecting on the true story of what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus, who who the Bible tells us is God himself, was born into the world. And it's announced. Angels are proclaiming his birth. Stars in the sky are pointing people from far away to the place where this God child would be born, where Jesus was born. Many people, like we saw in the scripture reading, many people who had been waiting for God, hopeful that he would do something, recognize in this child God's deliverance, God's plan, God's care, God's provision. Christmas is a huge deal for those who follow Jesus. It's a big deal because, well, I mean, it's just, it's just a crazy thought that God himself would come down from heaven and decide to be a part of our world. That's a massive claim wrapped up in swaddling cloth. It's like they say on the internet, big if true. It's big if true. It'd be, it'd be a big deal if God himself were coming down into the world and being a part of it. Thanks for the laugh, Ryan. I really are. Was that Justin? Thank you, Justin. You're, you're so reliable. You've given me a gift. The only laugh. <laughs> there, I found some others. Um... It's big if true, and that's why I think this Christmas story, this true story, it's so fascinating because it's presented as truth. I mean, it is just like the Bible is just revealing it to be true. Christians really believe that all this stuff happened. We really believe that Jesus is God, but what's crazy and fascinating about the story is how wildly improbable all of that is, and I don't mean by improbable, I just mean like statistical likelihood, like, because the Bible is pretty, pretty clear that the birth of Jesus is a miracle. God has only ever been born into the world one time, and we should only expect it to happen just this once. The Bible is, is, just, is just clear that this is not a, a normal occurrence. It's not, it's not about likelihoods. It's a miracle. But the fascinating thing about Christmas is not just like, I, I think, it's not just that God has decided to come as a baby to be born into the world, it's that he's done it in such a Particularly improbable way. Like, there's a lot of ways you could be born into the world. And the way that God chose to do it, the way this story plays out, it's just shocking. See, if God was born into the world, you'd think, you'd think that it would be a bigger deal than it was at the moment. I mean, if he's going to send angels down and make a big scene, you think uh, they would come to really important people, to kings, right? Or you think maybe maybe Jesus would be born into a royal household, somebody with power. Or he'd be born at least into wealth and luxury and and get a great education because that's obviously what's important in life. You'd think he would be celebrated and proclaimed in the highest of places. And yet... At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of God who created heaven and earth into a backwoods province in the Roman Empire amongst the suppressed people who were not well regarded or or thought of really as stupid. They They were against the culture he was born into not only into a, like a province like that but into a nowhere town in that province like way outside of the halls of power way outside of jerusalem and his parents were just nobodies they were just not powerful people i mean his his mother you know was this virgin birth she's just a teenager and he's not only all of that all that background but he's literally born into a stable that smells like a stable it all seems so improbable. His birth's announced in heaven by angels, but not to powerful people, to, to just a bunch of shepherds, to the lowest of the low in this culture in Israel. I mean, they, were, they might as well have been, you know, I mean, if, if I wanted to draw an equivalent, uh, like just like, like convicts. Like, this is the kind of job that anyone could get. Like, it was, a, it was kind of an outcast society. And so, when God comes and, and, and gives, gives, um, gives a, the pronouncement of, of his birth, he sends angels, and he sends them to these... These people who are just outsiders. And then when Jesus goes into the temple, he's around all these priests and powerful people, and they don't see him. They don't recognize him. That the two people who, who, who like recognize Jesus when he comes in to be dedicated to the Lord are just these two old people who have literally been sitting around the temple waiting on God for decades. Simeon and Anna. Anna like, has been a widow and just devoted herself to waiting on the Lord for 80 plus years. And Simeon has just been waiting around because he said, because God had told him that he was going to see his Messiah, his deliverer before he died. And so he's just sitting around waiting. He's saying, I know God's going to show up at some point. And I don't care um, about anything else except for seeing what God has. And so that's who recognized these two people. The priests don't see it. The powerful people don't see it. Nobody except these two nobodies recognize. Simeon looks at this baby Jesus and he says this, He's proclaiming what he sees. He says, My eyes have seen your salvation. You've prepared it in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. See, Simeon sees this child, probably one of many children dedicated to the Lord that day, and he looks at him and he says, No, I'm seeing something amazing here. This child is like light. He's going to be light of revelation to the Gentiles. He's going to be glory for Israel. But everybody else sees Jesus and they just see just another baby. It's crazy. It all seems so improbable. If God is born into the world and he's coming like like a light of revelation, like glory to Israel, how is it that he's so mistakable for just another baby? It's an improbable story. It's like right at the heart of it. It's intentionally improbable. I think, see, to answer that question, though, can I have to reset I mean, I think I've been alluding to this. We have to kind of reset our understanding of what God is up to. Because if I think, like many in Jesus' day did, that God's desire is just to show up and to beat up his enemies and to to throw a bunch of bad people into hell and then win more than the Huskies or DJ Khaled. All I do is win. Because I'm culturally relevant, guys. I'm almost 40 and I think I'm showing it right now and I'm making it very clear. Uh, if, sorry. Oh, it was funny. It was worth it. If that is God's goal, to, to, just, to just win all the time, then this tactic of lowly ba- baby born into the manger that nobody recognized, it seems pretty weak. It seems like a bad strategy to accomplish that. But if God is up to something else in this present moment, then maybe this little baby strategy makes sense. Maybe announcements to angels, smelly, smelly, stable birthplace makes sense. See, according to John, the writer of the book of John, God is against all the odds doing something unique by coming and being born into the world the way he has. And it's not what we might expect. I'm going to read you uh, from John chapter 1, verse 14, and then 16. See, the word that is like the ever-existing second person of the Trinity, uh, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we've all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. See, what Simeon sees, and which other people miss is exactly what John sees in Jesus and what he's saying is true about him. Jesus, God in the flesh, making his home among us. What is he doing? He's not coming and throwing people out. He's not, he's not busting down doors. He's not coming in judgment at this point in time. No, what he's doing is he's revealing God's character to us. And the fundamental things that we need to know about God's character is that he's loving and faithful, full of grace, these are the things that he reveals most clearly and most obviously about God. God's love, unfailing love and faithfulness is on display in Jesus. So, what does that mean, really? What does that mean for us? Well, Simeon, upon seeing Jesus, seeing God's character and love and faithfulness in the flesh, he exclaims, he, he shouts out, My eyes have seen your salvation. He didn't say, oh, my eyes have seen your revenge or your power or your justice or even your holiness. Of course, God is a a God of justice and power and holiness. He's a God who punishes the wicked. But the biblical story, God defying all the odds, he comes to save. And when he shows up, people look at him and say, this is the Savior. The loving and kind and faithful one. That is what is so obvious and clear to everyone who looks at Jesus with eyes of faith. Don't think for a second that Jesus is a pushover, though. Simeon goes on. He says this to Mary about her son. He says, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." See, the thing about Jesus, who's revealing the love and faithfulness of God, is that as that love comes near people, as His grace, which is casting out law and drawing people close by forgiveness and kindness, as that comes near, the thoughts of many hearts are revealed. See, so many people saw Jesus. And just thought, just another baby. People saw him grow up and they listened to him teach and they thought, boy, he's got something to say, but he's just another carpenter from Nazareth, from nowhere. He's nobody special. So many people who were smart and knew the Bible and knew lots about what was right and wrong listened to Jesus and they thought, I don't know about this guy, and they opposed him. Mostly because he was exposing their thoughts and their hearts and showing the ways in which they just like really trusted their own judgment and they couldn't see how improbable, how this improbable plan could really make any sense. It was just too improbable for so many people to look at Jesus and just say, yes, I see God's faithfulness, I see his kindness. It's just revealed there. And instead people just like went on by, on their own plans. And I get it like I fully understand the fact that um, I mean like I sympathize with people who who looked at Jesus to heard him teach, you know, saw him do miracles and still said I don't think so. Because it's a terrifying thought. That your life, that the life you were living and all your values and all the things that you thought made your, you good, made for your um, happiness or success in life. It's a terrifying thought to realize that all of that was just sort of like life lived amiss. Like that you were aiming for something and you thought maybe you had it or maybe you were sure you didn't have it. And then suddenly somebody comes along and just says, Here's the thing you're just a person who has great need. And I've come as God in the flesh, and I'm telling you, I'm your salvation, I'm revealing God, and God is kind and He's faithful. The thing that Jesus was doing then, showing up in the world, is what He continues to do now. It's the reason that 2,000 years later, people are still singing His praises, because So many people, and it's like just like have this experience of suddenly showing up and considering what is it that Jesus taught? What is it that He said? And realizing that these things, which may sound hard and maybe push a little bit against my comfort zone, actually lead me to life. It's the way that Jesus talks about it everlasting life, a quality of life that no plan that I ever came up with could ever come close to. And the thing about Jesus, is, like, yeah, he lived 2,000 years ago, but what the Bible tells us is actually he's still alive. He still is seated at the right hand of the Father. And what he was doing then, being a light of revelation to all people, being God's glory and kindness and grace and faithfulness and love revealed, he's still doing right now. He was a gift to the world then, a gift that's salvation, that's peace, that's joy then. And he continues to be for anyone who would call upon him and receive that gift, that gift today. He he continues to do those things because Jesus is not an abstract concept. This is the thing about the incarnation, Jesus coming into the world, taking on flesh. He's not abstract. He is real and alive and is breaking through every barrier so that we might know him and trust in him. And there is a way offered to people, the way of faith, which is just to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to take you up. I'm going to believe in what you say you are. I'm going to go ahead and receive all these gifts, this love, this faithfulness, this kindness, this relationship with God that isn't based on how good I am and how much I perform, and if I fail, I'm going to like put it into jeopardy. It's just based off of receiving blessing upon blessing from Jesus Christ because he's taken away my sin, he's forgiven me, and he's a good, kind shepherd who lives today. And so we come, we celebrate that, right? We don't celebrate, a, 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 it's a, not a monument to a thing past. It is a monument to a thing that still is. We celebrate Jesus' grace and kindness. And if you have never heard that, received that, look, it's, it's such a simple thing. This is the thing is that Jesus like does all the work for us right I don't have to perform for God anymore he says i'm going to be the perfect one I'm going to come be like like somebody who's near to you and who can instruct you and all you need to do is just say, yes Jesus, like I want that I want that kind of grace, love, faithfulness, kindness from you and we just simply say yes, Lord, I, I want those things we, we begin to Enter into that life by trust, by faith. And so if you've never done that, like, I just want, I'm going to pray for a second, and I'm just going to, like, ask you, give you a chance to do that. You just say, okay, Lord, let's see how it goes. Because the thing is, like, Jesus is alive. He's here right now. And I believe that probably some people are like, <laughs> they're probably saying this is so improbable. <laughs> right? But I feel as if maybe this is true. Because the thing is, like, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just trying to tell you, Jesus is alive. He's alive right now. His spirit, he's, he's at work He's at work right now. So you're not, you're not responding to me. You're responding to him if you trust in him. And for those of you who, like, have done that, can I just encourage you guys, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Simeon saw him. That's all he did. I see him, and I have seen the salvation of God. It really is such a simple thing to trust in Jesus. Because when we receive a salvation, we repent, which is to change our minds about what we thought was important, and just say, yes, no, I see now. It's all from you, Jesus. It's a gift. Friends, if you're here, you're celebrating, you're a Christian, like, keep at it. There's truth, there's joy, there's peace. God is revealed in Christ. And if you're not, like, like I would just encourage you, would you take that gift this morning? Okay, let's just pray that worship team's going to come up. Um, while I pray here. Lord God, thank you for coming to earth. Lord, thank you that you don't leave us alone. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. God, you make it so simple to trust in you. You make it so simple to just recognize your goodness, Lord. And Lord, I pray uh, if there's any here who, who don't know you, Lord, who've never uh, heard about your good news, Lord, that they would just have it pressed upon uh, them by you, Lord. Lord, that you would just be, be uh, proclaiming your goodness and your grace to them in their hearts right now by your spirit, uh, Lord. And they would just open their hands and surrender. And if that's you, I just pray you to open your hands just where you're sitting. I'm not gonna make you stand up or do anything. You just just uh, open your hands in a posture of just receiving and just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your kindness. I receive your forgiveness. And I want to trust in you. And for any of those who, like, who need that again, like if we've, if we've already been there, we've already trusted, but we want to learn to trust again, do the same thing. Just open your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to receive every good gift that you have. I know you're kind. I know you're gracious. I come back to you in faith. Lord, would you teach me to have joy, joy that comes from you. And Lord God, for all of us, Lord, I pray you'd empower us by your spirit to be a witness to your gospel, to be a witness to this good news that you've made clear on Christmas. Uh, Lord, we want to be people who are just all about you, who see your salvation, who experience it in our day-to-day lives. Lord, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, friends, we're going to awkwardly That's nice Christmas color there. I like that. You know, we celebrate the fact that Jesus has come into the world, and he's like a light of revelation. And I know it's 1030 in the morning, (laughs) but we're going to light some candles all the same because that's how we roll on Christmas Eve, you know? That's why you came. You came for the candles. You came for Jesus. So we're going to hit the lights, and we're just going to do this. I'm going to light this candle And it's just symbolic, you know? It's symbolic of what God has already done. It's symbolic of the fact that, man, we couldn't make a fire for ourselves. We couldn't make light in the world. God knew our need, and so he sent his son Jesus. He himself has come into the world to light it up and to show us a way and to help us make sense of life, to give us life, uh, life that we didn't have on our own. And that light comes into the world through Jesus Christ And we can receive it. He lives in us when we trust ourselves to him. He's good, and he's gracious, and he's kind. And we're called like this flame, like to take what we have been given, this gospel, this good news, the proclamation of his goodness, and share it with others so that the world would be lit up, that it would be proclaiming the goodness of God. And so this morning, we're just gonna, I'm just going to hand this flame around, and we're going to sing Silent Night together. And uh, all right, I need somebody's candle. Who wants to be first? All right, I'm going to get you.